Hi, this is Eli Nelson, and this is the My City Church Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. It is our prayer that this message will awaken you to come alive in the things of Christ. Enjoy the message. Thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place. Thank you, worship team. You guys are phenomenal. Grant, give me a high five. Come on. Hey, great job being in church today. The new year, January 7th, right? January 7th. How many all ready for the word of God today? Come on. Hey, we're starting a new, uh, new sermon series called Daddy Issues. This isn't just some fancy little title either. This is like God's providence and ordination and his hand upon this sermon series over the next five weeks this is uh this is something that i feel like god isn't just speaking through me today and to you but to our house to our city and to our generations to follow if you have your bibles open up to john chapter 8 the word of the lord today if you have been seated i ask that if you are able if you could stand to your feet in honor of the reading of the word of the Lord today. I, I'm excited. First off, my name's Eli Nelson. My name's Elishon Nelson. I'm the lead pastor of this church. And uh, if I haven't had the opportunity to be able to meet you yet, I would love to do so. I'll be outside by the front doors directly after service. I'd love to be able to say hi. If we can turn the house lights up just a little bit so people can read along. Uh, John chapter 8. What I'm talking about today is, is more of a way of thinking. It's like a it's a, it's a spirit that we can all become uh, bondage to, enslaved to. And the Bible says when it comes to, like, being in bondage or being enslaved, that there's, there's something that can set us free, and it's the truth. And we understand that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. And sometimes we can actually be free. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We can actually be free but still live in bondage. We can get so used to what it's like to live in a – we live, used to live in a perpetual state of – of, of imprisoned in our heads that even though maybe the relationship changed or maybe our circumstance changed, our mindset actually brings us back to who we were before we were set free. And that's why Jesus says in John chapter 8, verse 30, 32, he says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So to know that truth sets someone free, you can always go back to the lie. You were believing a lie which kept you in bondage, and you were given a truth which set you free. And in order to stay free, you can't go back to the lie. He says, they answered him. These were the Jews. Get this. The Jews who believed in him. So I'm speaking to believers today that if you profess to follow Jesus, that you can still be a follower of Christ and still be bound by stinking thinking. <laughs> you can be a follower of Christ and still feel imprisoned. These were the Jews who believed in him. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and never been a slave of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, verily, truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family. Interesting perspective. He's equating sin, and then he talks about 
family. But a son, say a son. The Bible's referring to a child, like a child belongs to the family, belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be freed indeed. So a slave is permanently bound, but a son is part of the family forever. They are free. So get this. Sonship equals freedom. Not, not, not a bond servant, not a worker, not like, hey, I, I'm, it's, I'm first a son before I'm a worker. I don't work for salvation. I work from it. So there are great works God prepared for us in advance, but first got to be a son. And if I continue to think I am not a son, I will find myself believing a lie, and it will actually keep me bound. I want to talk to you today, throw the title up, about overcoming an orphan spirit. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Overcoming an orphan spirit. I believe this is a word not just for those that feel like they're far off, but actually those that want to grow closer. And so would you lift your hands up today as I pray over this word today. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We pray that you'd help me speak this word just as you've delivered it to me. I'd be able to deliver it to your church. That we would know that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. And so we thank you. We praise you, Lord. If you're ready for the Holy Spirit to speak to you, would you keep your hands open or open up your hands and say these words after me. Say, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for the word of God in this place. Hey, as you're, as you're sitting down, turn to your neighbor and just ask him a question. Say, you got daddy issues? And whatever you said in response to that is, is what you decide to say. I'm excited to talk about this message today because I believe it can transform your life. Let me not, that's an understatement. Oh, man, it could revolutionize your life. It can, it can give you a new way of thinking, a new way of looking at the world, a new way of looking at your circumstances. It's, if your thinking can keep you bound, then when you know the truth, it can set you free. And if you're living in freedom, you actually go much farther uh, much faster than you ever could have gone uh, if you were still bound. And as I'm talking about this idea of an orphan spirit, I want to reference back to that passage in John chapter 8. He says, we, we, weren't, we haven't been slaves to anyone. We're, how, how, how can you say we're Abraham's descendants? We, how can you say that we haven't been slaves to anyone? Now, they're not slaves in how we would define slaves. Uh, Jesus referred slaves to, hey, you're born into sin. So at some point, we were all slaves because we are all born into sin. But when Christ Jesus sets you free, he does it by giving you a spirit of sonship. And it is the working of the Holy Spirit to bring about a new identity in your life. Now, you can be saved and still bound if you do not have a son identity. Now, know if I say son in this place, I'm referring to a child. Uh, I'm referring to a, a child of God. I'm not just talking about biologically a son, because I also could say a daughter. I'm talking about a child of God. As I talk to you about this idea of overcoming an orphan spirit, know that an orphan from a Bible perspective was someone who was without a father. It wasn't necessarily someone without a father and mother. It was actually a, a father because a father represented something in that time that doesn't necessarily represent in this day and age. A father represented your source. 
A father represented your source of, uh, this would be a great message to take notes in today. So if you got your phone out, I'm not thinking you're texting, I'm thinking you're taking notes today. So I got a lot of different things, and if you ever want to get the message of today's notes, just email hello at mycitychurch.cc, and we'll get them over to you. But uh, a father is your source of identity. He's your source of provision. He's your source of protection. He's your source of promotion and your source of guidance. God the Father, as Christians, is our source. Now, if you had no father in those days, you were very vulnerable. There was no one to protect you, to guide you, to provide for you, to empower you, to promote you, or to stand with you in your life. That's an orphan in the biblical days, and I'm talking about an orphan spirit. Now, Jesus references the idea of being an orphan in John chapter 14. You can just flip your Bible over a few more pages. John chapter 14, verse 16, he says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him. The world cannot accept him because they've accepted a different spirit. The world has accepted an orphan spirit mentality. They cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. How do, what is eternal life? That we may know God the Father and his Son in which he has sent. We're able to receive a spirit of adoption as we know God the Father. It says, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. This passage right here is what I want to highlight. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. That's good news, which implies that his presence being with them at that moment, he was like a spiritual father to the disciples. And he says, even though I'm leaving, I will not leave you. And I need you to know today that if you feel abandoned, God is saying, I have not left you. I did not leave you. Even though I left, I did not leave you. See, the most exploited people in the world at that time were the widows and the orphans. Again, no father means no source to draw from, which means that if you are an orphan or you carry an orphan spirit, you have to find life for yourself. No father means that there is no one to represent you. You just represent your own desires and purpose to fill your life inside. Now, when we are born in this world, we are all born spiritual orphans. A part of us doesn't know we are, who we are, or where we come from, our identity fully, or even our purpose. And when you do not know those things, your identity, who you are, your purpose, you will always find something to substitute to find fulfillment and meaning. Now, when I'm talking about an orphan spirit, I am not talking about demons, although people may have an orphan spirit uh, make themselves actually susceptible to lifestyles and thought patterns that demons can create a stronghold in. It's really more of an, a way of thinking. It's, it's an orphan heart. It's a mentality. It is a spirit. But it's not like one necessarily that one can possess, although someone could have that. 
but it's more of an overarching spirit of this world that has been on since Adam and Eve fell. It's someone who believes that they are abandoned. When someone is rejected or overlooked by a father, they're driven by rejection and believe that they are on their own and that no one is standing with them. Now, when people are abandoned, they are also wounded. So they come to conclusions saying, I'm on my own. There's no one to protect me, no one to provide for me. So therefore, I need to provide for myself. No one to promote me. Therefore, I need to promote myself. Now, I want to give you several traits of an orphan spirit. And as I'm speaking through these, I want you to be partnering with the Holy Spirit in your seat to say, God, I pray that you would reveal this to me. If I'm wrestling with things of an orphan spirit, an orphan mentality, an orphan heart, the Holy Spirit will start, ah, that will kind of rub you wrong. Or the Holy Spirit will bring things into your remembrance that will call uh, areas that he wants to heal and set you free from. So how many all ready? You ready? All right, so here's one of the traits of an orphan spirit. Uh, they're very jealous of the success of others. Uh, they're always comparing that I, I just want to be able to do better than someone else. If someone does well, they have a tough time celebrating. If someone gets a certain type of gift or a certain type of promotion, they question, why wasn't it me? Why did I not get that? Uh, I see this happen in other churches, churches comparing to other churches, pastors comparing to other pastors, groups comparing group leaders, comparing to other group leaders and, and types of groups and, and size and everything of that. Teams compare, uh, families compare, uh, <laughs> in-laws and, and compare to one another and, and maybe even uh, uh, friends compare to families and their children. These are all signs of an orphan spirit. They see someone else get picked and wonder, why did I not get picked? And then they internalize it and they say, what is wrong with me? When you think of an orphan spirit, think of an orphanage. This might help. And the people are coming in. Some parents are coming in to looking for a child to adopt. And let's say there's 100 kids in there. You're one of them. And they pick someone else and not you. And you say, why did I not get picked? What was wrong with me? What did they have that I didn't? And then, therefore, you get jealous of what they have. And it, it sparks into a whole other level of behaviors because then you start to transform yourself to be like that person so that you can be accepted. These are all signs of an orphan spirit. Uh, another sign is that they serve with an agenda of recognition. They think, how can I be noticed? How can I be promoted? How can I look good? How can I be rewarded? It is a struggle inside trying to fill a need that only God can fill. Because I can tell you, you can receive that promotion and still not find significance. You can be noticed by that person, but then you just desire to be noticed by someone else. Because it's an inward spirit that we're called to be set free from. So then you see that they're serving, and teams in here, all my city changers, listen to this. Their serving is not out of love. It's out of actually getting something. If I'm driven by an orphan spirit, then I will use other people to build my esteem as a leader. So relationships then, therefore, become transactional. They are there to get me where I need to be, and I start to use people for my own desires and my own will, my own agenda. That's, these are all signs of an orphan spirit. There's nothing wrong with seeing these signs. If you've ever found yourself in a place where you desire to be promoted or desire to be recognized, 
know that you have signs of an orphan spirit, that God our Father is the one that promotes. God our Father is the one that sees. He says, he, he who sees what you have done in secret will reward you. If you get your reward this side of heaven, then more power to you. But you know what? I'm not looking for a reward from man. I'm looking for a reward from God. How many are thankful that we have a God the Father who sees? Your Father sees you. So you don't need man to see you. You don't need your boss to see you. Well, I'm only going to be on my best behavior when my boss is around. You don't need your boss to see you because God sees you, and he sees if you're being faithful even when no one else is watching. He knows where to find you. Uh, number three, they're, they're highly competitive with others to try and make their own name matter or receive that. Uh, recognition or approval from others. So it's a high level of competition, not necessarily comparison, but they start to maybe try to tear the other person down or they struggle to complete to to compete to prove that they are actually acceptable. So it's it's a level of I got to be good enough so maybe my dad will accept me and and maybe I got to get to this university or I got to get these types of grades or I got to have this type of performance so that someone that I admire that I looked up to can can recognize me. So I'm competing with one another so that I can get ahead. Now, competition's okay. There's nothing wrong with competition. I mean, talking about my wife and I, we're, we, we have a good spirit of competition in our home. That's why we don't play against each other in sports. And that's why we don't play Mario Kart. Because I own her. Lies. But So competition is okay, but when it's driven... By emotional rejection or spiritual rejection in the heart, nothing you can do can fix that pain. And no matter how many people accept you, you will never feel accomplished. You will never feel accepted. How much is enough? They, they, they build their identity around things. So this plays into one another. This whole spirit, like, plays into one another. So how much is enough? Well, then I build my identity around things. How much money is enough? Well, once I make $100,000, then I'm going to have enough because other people will recognize me as someone who has something worth saying or something that will be listened to. Well, once I make six figures or seven figures, then I'll actually have enough maybe to be happy or fulfilled, cause, but it doesn't come from my possessions or the things that I have. Maybe I'm looking to uh, have the latest, I always need the latest phone because the important people always have the latest phone, and I'm walking around just begging someone to say, is that the latest phone, iPhone? I mean, for real, does that even happen? I don't even know if that even happens. But for some reason, when I buy a new phone, I'm thinking somebody's going to ask me about my phone. Well, that's that orphan spirit again. He's just kind of knocking. See, you're more important now because you have a better car. You're more important now because you have a better house. And it's only, it, it never ends. This orphan spirit is never going to be satisfied. It is a heart that is obsessed with, with looking successful in an appearance and through possessions, and I got news for you, if you have an orphan heart, no matter how much you have, you will never have enough. And ultimately what this comes from is a lack of intimacy with our Father in heaven. Because you can be saved and still struggle with the Spirit. And still be, let me say it a different way, still be bound by the Spirit. Because I'm not talking about just a struggle. I'm talking about there's some people that are caught up in their identity and what they wore to church today. And if that's you, that's okay. It's just a revelation of the Holy Spirit being able to say, hey, you don't matter because you have a $3,000 watch on your wrist. You don't matter more. Right? So to be able to know I don't find my identity in my possessions, 
I find my identity in my father. And uh, another sign is that if they don't get their way, they start to manipulate other people. They start to control things. Uh, this is a big one here. They have a constant struggle with loneliness. They say, no one's around me. No one has my back. Again, a father in that time was one to promote, one to be stand by the side of the child. And this orphan spirit says, no one's got you. No one's there with you. Hey, they didn't return your text. You know what that means? They don't love you. Do you hear that? Okay, I'm trying to teach you spiritual discernment today. That is an orphan spirit knocking on your heart. And you have a choice with every lie that comes to either confront it with truth or to partner with it and let it find itself rooted in your heart so that now it becomes familiar with you and you start to identify with it, then you start to become it. Yeah, no one really does like me. No one really does care. They don't care. Or you start to put that on them. They just don't like people. They just don't love people. Well, it's a text message. You start to read into things beyond because you have a spirit of rejection because of the orphan spirit that you start to feel like you do not belong in places. Many of you have felt this way in churches. And you said those words out of your mouth, I just didn't belong there. And I need you to know today that that is a spirit, that is a spirit of this age, a spirit of the devil, a spirit of this world, to try to convince you and uproot you from the community and the family of God. To say, I do not belong, is identifying with an orphan spirit because God says, you are my child and you are a part of the family of God. So I've, I've been in circles before where I was just myself. Trust me, I'm a homeschool student going to a public high school. I played baseball, and we used to do all sorts of drills, and I was an athletic guy. Don't get me wrong. Like, I was one of the fastest guys of the school, one of the most athletic, because my parents spent a lot of money to get me into, like, a program called Going Vertical, where I was there three times a week exercising and getting better and better and better and better. I was one of the best athletes, athletes at my school, and so I would have been known as a tryhard. And I blame my coach in PE class because I had to take PE because all my, all, my, all my classes, I don't know why I'm saying this, it's not in my notes, someone needs to know this, but all my classes passed except my PE credits. They said, you need three PE credits in order to get a diploma from this high school. So I had to take weightlifting one year and I had to take PE, which was like badminton and like you, you have to play uh, uh, wiffle ball and it was, it was PE high school class. And my coach came up to me and said, Eli, I know you're an athlete, and if you don't try hard, I'm going to give you a C, and, or you could even fail this class. I know how fast you can run, and you're just kind of jogging. I'm like, coach, everyone else is running as hard as they can. And he's like, give it all that you've got. And then I got classified as a tryhard. Well, anyways, well, anyways, one of these days we had a, this thing in the hallway. We were running back and forth and, and doing these agilities. And I just looked at one guy. I, said, I just asked him a question. I said, hey, how come you're not, like, giving it all you got? And he cussed me out at that moment. <laughs> He's like, I don't blanking know you, who the are you are. And I said, oh, I'm the homeschool kid. I've only been there for a month or two. I'm like, I'm like my name is Eli Nelson. Great to meet you. And he just goes, my name's Dan. <laughs> I ended up getting graduate, going to his graduation party a year and a half later. We ended up becoming good friends. But I just determined that I wasn't going to let what other people thought of me determine who I was. And can I tell you that when you start to shape and form who you are in order to be accepted, those are signs of an orphan spirit. Now, I'm not talking about being transformed by the renewing of your mind, but know that you are transformed into the identity of Christ based out of your identity with Christ, 
not in order to be accepted by Christ. So first you are accepted, then you are transformed. Not transformed, then you are accepted. That's the message of the gospel. God looked at Jesus when he was baptized and said, this is my beloved son and who I am well pleased. Listen to him. Before Jesus did anything. Because to know that first I'm a child of God, now I can actually be like the Father. I can actually be like Jesus. Not that I try to be like Jesus, then I can be accepted. That's why Jesus died, to make a way for us to carry his righteousness, and he would carry our unrighteousness. That's all good news. That's the good news of the gospel. Right? So you start to, you start to say, I, I don't really belong. And after a matter of time, you, it starts to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. And then you start to look for things of why you don't belong, whether it's a text message, a missed call, uh, 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 not getting a certain information, not getting a certain notification, whatever it may be. You start to find reasons as to believe in your heart why you don't belong. This is an orphan spirit. This is a demonic, this is the devil, right? And I hope I'm able to set, share the truth today and the truth can set you free on how the devil operates just in a little bit through our own insufficiencies and our own inadequacies. Okay, so number seven, they, they constantly give way to fear and anxiety that what if something else happens? What if this happens? What if this is going to happen? Uh, uh, since they are so fearful, what they do is they try to control everything. They try to control their emotions. They try to prep for everything. And then they, I'm not saying prepping's bad. I'm a prepper. But um, they, they just try to prepare. And they start to control all the relationships because they don't know who they can trust because they've been hurt so many times. So now that they've been hurt so many times, they don't, they're not willing to trust again because they've been broken before. They've been abandoned before and here's another one they're so since they are so desperate to get the approval of others they become people pleasers and since they're people pleasers they don't know how to put up healthy boundaries because well if i if i don't go and well this person needs a ride so i'm going to go pick them up and and I, I, now i'm sacrificing my own personal health i'm sacrificing uh my relationship with people that god has entrusted me with because then they're going to reject me if i don't if i don't give them a ride or if I don't say yes, or if I don't show up, hey, let's go out to eat. It's, it's 12 o'clock at night. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to overcome uh, alcoholism, and they're going to a bar. Yeah, but if I don't go, then they're going to reject me. And you don't know how to put up proper boundaries because these are all signs of an orphan spirit. And here's another sign that I don't have in my notes. If you find yourself sinking deeper into your seat, these are all signs of an orphan spirit. <laughs> As I'm covering these things, as you find, this is the beauty of, of the gospel and of, of Jesus is that he's come to set us free from all these things. So now if you've identified with one of those or maybe many of them, as I have in my past and still do so today, at times, you actually run to certain things to cope. Uh, and here's five ways that we cope with an orphan spirit. Number one, five ways that we cope with an orphan spirit. Number one, our passions. So we find things to make us feel good. Uh, if we're in a lonely state, we, some of us, we run to food. And thank God for seven days of prayer and fasting because that can break it off in an instant. And I'm loving this fasting. Hey, tonight, 5 o'clock, HQ, meet you there. We're going to have some great soup. My wife some, makes some amazing tomato soup. you got to be able to try it with some grilled cheese. Mm! You, can, you can tell I'm hungry. <laughs> uh, they, they'll run to food. They'll run to alcohol. They'll run to drugs, pornography, things that make us feel good. Get this, even video games. Video games can be a, a sanctuary because it isolates us from the reality of, or, or the reality or even our perceived reality of being rejected. I've been rejected by this world, but I'm going to play this game so that 
this game won't reject me. It can help me progress and help me look like I'm moving forward in life. But really, it's just a trap. It's a coping mechanism for an orphan spirit. I'm not saying all video games are bad, right? It's just, what do you run from, okay? So the Bible doesn't say food is bad, but gluttony is bad. The Bible doesn't say alcohol is bad, but drunkenness is bad, right? So there's things in your life, right, that God has called you, hey, to be lived by the Spirit, right? Not always living by things that, now it may be bad to you because you run to it for certain things, right? And for you to understand, hey, where are my vices and what do I have to stay with? That's just a healthy level of maturity. But these are all things that we run to in an effort to escape. So if you find yourself running to them, that's okay. At least now we know where we're at, right? If you find yourself running and finding fulfillment from food, or maybe you've had a long day and you, you want to go get a glass to drink, or maybe you've had a long day and you're just, I just want to get a really big, I don't know, a quadruple burger at Wendy's, because that'll make me feel good. Well, there's nothing wrong with a quad burger at Wendy's, but what are you running to it for? That's an indication, because it won't actually fill you. It may fill your stomach, but it doesn't fill that hole of an orphan spirit, right? So you're running to these things, whether you're, even if you're running to alcohol or, or a beer or, or some kind of drink or, or something, even pornography, you're all running to these things because you're trying to fill something that only God our Father can fill. All right, number two, possessions. Uh, they run to, again, these are kind of uh, indicative of an orphan spirit, to different types of cars, different types of clothes, different types of things that we own, different types of homes. I find my identity in what I have. Number three, positions. Uh, now that I got promoted, I'm someone important now. I'm a leader, so I'm important. Or I'm a manager, so I'm important. Or I'm a business leader, so I'm important. Here's the problem with that is when those positions are removed, because they will, God will not allow anything to become between you and him. And if a position needs to go, it will go. If it's removed, you start to become unstable because you found your identity in your position. Number four is your performance. So these all start with P, passions, possessions, positions, performance. So you're taking notes. You're able to write them down. All right. So I get a approval and identity on how I did uh, rather than being grounded and that I'm already approved by God and I move from there, it's constantly asking, how did I do? Now, there's nothing wrong with getting feedback and asking how I did. But when you find your identity, if you're happy with yourself or not happy with yourself, based off of someone's opinion on how you did, those are all signs of an orphan spirit. Okay, and number five, this is the last one. These are all things that we used to cope with an orphan spirit. is people. Uh, people I know, well... I know so-and-so, so that means I'm important. Uh, you're, you're talking about people that you know on a regular basis. There's nothing wrong with sharing, but why are you sharing that? Why are you sharing? Now, there's nothing wrong if I'm with my friends. Yo, this one time I was talking to this guy. Like, but if in your heart you sense yourself sharing who you talk to, who's in your contacts, who follows you on Instagram, who you've IM'd on Facebook, in an effort to get approval so that they will accept me because I know so-and-so, these are all signs of coping with an orphan spirit. Now get this today. This is our transition right here. That if your identity is found in anything in this world, you will become unstable. So I say all that to lay that out. Now we're making the, the pivot. Okay, now what do we do with this, Pastor Eli? If all these things have been presented to me, how do I shift this? Well, get this, that if a person is struggling with many, or many of those or one of those, how do they heal from it? 
Can I tell you that the answer is the Holy Spirit. Seeing God as our Heavenly Father, we don't need to prove who we are. We don't need to promote ourselves. Why? Because God brings the promotion. We don't need to find our purpose. Why? Because God brings that. We don't need to provide for ourselves. Why? Because he's our heavenly provider. We don't need to do any of these things because we have a heavenly father. You want to know how to overcome the Holy Spirit? The remedy for overcoming an orphan spirit is the spirit of sonship. It's the spirit of sonship. Here, throw that up on the screen. The remedy for overcoming the orphan spirit is the spirit of sonship. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about knowing who you are in Christ. And get this, it's a journey. Not just is it a journey for one time, it is a lifelong journey. So I've mentioned several things. You identify with one of those. And if you don't, you identify with another one I didn't mention. It's called pride. Because this is a lifelong journey that we are all on. To find our identity in Christ and to maintain this spirit of sonship. If we do not maintain it, it will rob us of our identity in Christ. And then we'll find ourselves bound and then we'll be asking the questions, we haven't been slaves to anyone. He says you're a slave to sin and anything that holds you bound. And one of the main signs that you've adopted a spirit of sonship is inner peace. I don't care what they say about me. I don't care if I have it or I don't. Oh, God, you want me to give it away? That's all right. It's not mine. It's yours. You're my provider. You got it to me before. You can give it to me again. You're my dad. John 14, 18. We said this before. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. That's a promise. I will come to you. Holy Spirit, come. You said you would. So won't you come? And this is the spirit that we received, Romans 8, 14. It says, for those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children, God's children. It says, the spirit you receive does not make you a slave, meaning that there is a spirit that makes you a slave. There's a lot of different demonic spirits that will make you a slave, but I think one of the main ones, at least what we're addressing in this series, is the orphan spirit. If you find yourself bound by any of these things, you've got to continue to ask, okay, Holy Spirit, speak to my spirit so that I can actually maintain that spirit of sonship that testifies that we are God's children, that causes us to cry out, Abba, Father, which is just a simple way of saying, Daddy God. Just imagine a little two-year-old girl saying, Papa, or a three-year-old boy saying, Daddy God. That's the spirit. It's a confidence. I don't got to worry about where my food comes from. It's I got a great dad. This is a spirit that causes us to be slave, causes us to be in a prison. It causes us to believe that we're rejected, we're abandoned. It causes us to have identity-based performance, recognition. To fear if we are not good enough, people will leave. I will be abandoned, not accepted. You have not received that spirit. I'm here to tell you today that you have not received that spirit. 
Fear of not being good enough. Fear of missing the mark. Fear of performance. Fear of having an identity or, or, or an identity approval. God says, I did not give you that spirit. You are a new creation in Christ. Before you were a fallen creation, but now you have the spirit of God. And you are not that kind of person anymore. A child of the living God, accepted, loved, provided for, purpose-driven, a person connected to God. The problem though is that we're still human in that, which is why we, he gave us this spirit. He gave us his spirit to help us be transformed into this new person, to help discover who we are in him. Who are you? You're not what other people have said about you. You're not based off what you've done. You're based off the righteousness of who he is. Who are you? You're not what you own. He's your provider. You don't find identity in that. You find your identity in him. So if he asks you to give it up, guess what I'll say? God, it's yours. It doesn't make sense to me, but I have yes and amen faith. So as you stand to your feet today, I want you to know that you are a son of God. A child of God. That you've received the spirit of adoption that allows you to say, Daddy God. That's like a strong confidence. Like, you mess with me, you're going to mess with my dad. Right? Like, if that spirit comes after you again, guess who they got to report to? Your dad. Your dad that comes before and says that you are never without support, my child. You're never without provision. You're never without guidance. You're never alone, and you are never without. That's your father. I say this. I, maybe I don't need to say it now, but you, you want to find out how to get on my bad side, you mess with my kids. Kids seem, don't worry, like, I trust you, and I love you guys, right? <laughs> Sometimes kids need discipline by other people other than their parents. But you're a child of God, and if you have not received a spirit of sonship, you're carrying an orphan spirit. So if you are not hearing these things, you're my child, you're my love, I, I care for you, I'm providing for you, then what spirit are you hearing? When we are in this world, we receive a different spirit. That demonic spirit tries to minister to us tries to tell us we're rejected, that we'll never be good enough. Why are you partnering with those thoughts and coming into agreement with them and never letting the Spirit of God minister to you, which God lets heal you on the inside? Then it tells you to do this and cope that way, and, and before we know it, our life is a mess. Why are you listening to that? Well, here's why. Because of the pain in your heart. And because it's familiar you do it because you've been listening to them for so long that you start to believe that you are them. That you are rejected because self-pity can be familiar. The fear can be familiar. Rejection can be familiar. And you've been listening to them for so long that you believe that it is you. But I'm here to tell you today that it's not you. You're accepted. You're provided for by God. Your identity is not in those things. Matthew 9, 4, Jesus said this, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Why? That's a word for you today. Stop entertaining it. 
Why are you entertaining that? It's an orphan spirit. God doesn't say that. Why do you entertain those evil thoughts in your heart? Then you start to become them. Before you know it, your heart gets hardened. You stop hearing the voice of God. And you started partnering with an orphan spirit. We're just going to kind of rest there. And we'll go into trust in God. Um, Throw that verse back up there, Matthew 4, 8. Here. 9, 4, sorry. (laughs) Dyslexic. But I'm not that. Shame. Guys, I want you to look at that. Those are the words of Jesus. They're in red. I don't know if they're, they're not in red on the screen, but in your Bible. Jesus is saying, why do you entertain that? With every head bowed in this place. If you come into this house and you're saying that you've never been able to maybe be in church or maybe you're back in church and you've never given your life over to Jesus because some of these thoughts have kept you from him, I want to give you the opportunity to be able to raise your hand and accept him and say a prayer with me as a way of giving your life over to the Lord. So if you're in here today and you said, I've never given my life over to the Lord, you're saying it in your heart, not out of your mouth. Or you're saying there's no way God could, like, accept me or forgive me. I got good news for you today. There's nothing that we can do that can separate us from his love. And he died for you and he rose for you to give you a new life. And the beginning of that new life is just giving your life over to him. So if every head bowed in this place, I just want to ask in a moment for you to lift up your hand because I want to know who I'm praying for today. If you're saying, Pastor Eli, that's me. I want to be able to give my life over to the Lord. He's calling out, Daddy God, he's there. He's saying, you're my daughter. You're my son. Come home. If that's you, you can come home. Raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Lift up your hand. Lift up your hand. I see your hand back there. I see your hand. I see your hand right there. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If this message encouraged you, help us get the word out. Consider sharing it with a friend, rating, or subscribing. If you want to know more about our church, check out our website at mycitychurch.cc or our Instagram at mycitycentral. We look forward to sharing another encouraging word with you next week. God bless.